we have some confirmation on the salary cap opening night and reveal of the all-star game winter classic and we all have some news related to music as in relation to the florida panthers as well along with andrew burnett's stat, status at panthers on this episode of locked on florida panthers podcast we'll be bringing in nick fairbanks to this score so buckle up guys your locked on panthers your daily podcast on the florida panthers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast. Where's your team every day? Thank you for making podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando at theparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monument. Show account on Twitter at LO underscore F L A. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Show and the Cross Channel. Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities of the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, we have a, a few news to some housekeeping in relation to not only the Florida Panthers, but the NHL. So, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly did speak to the media it, right before game one of the Stanley Cup final, saying that the opening night will be October 11th, Tuesday, October 11th. So, it looks like everything is going to be back to a normal 82-game season with the start being early October and Olympics this year. Uh, it looks like it's going to be at uh, the playoffs are going to start really in uh, early, early, early April uh, for for the NHL as well. Uh, and with the salary cap as well, there's always rumors that the salary cap was going to rise up into 82.5. Now the NHL and the NHLPA have officially confirmed that number, a number that we kind of knew all along here. And as well as the uh, NHL All Star logo as well for Panthers, that which they will be hosting the NHL All Star game. But let me bring in my guest here on the show. It's Friday, which you know what that means. It's Friday edition of the show. So let me welcome in back into the show, Nick Fairbanks. Nick, how? Doing very well. I'm just glad that, uh, you know, we have some uh, news and, as you said, housekeeping things to go over uh, with regards to either the Florida Panthers or even the NHL. So I'm uh, looking forward to uh, this edition of Fairbanks Friday. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm going to actually uh, provide a little bit of a screen share, first of all, for uh, for everyone on the on the like YouTube. We're, we're, we're back on the we're back on the YouTube channel after a few uh, few shows off from it due to. Uh, technical issues uh, on my end so gonna gonna share the screen and for for everyone to see what the all-star logo does look like for for this year's hold on one second all right there it is and it's as south florida theme as can be you you see the what you see the sunset in the background the palm trees the waves at the very end and of course where it says south Florida, and you couldn't get any more uh, South Florida than that, Nick. And uh, usually, all star games for really any sports league, it's 
you know, the players usually aren't trying and all that stuff. Of course, we're we, they're trying to prevent injuries and all that. But you know, it 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 really gives a chance to, for this region to really uh, showcase, um, really that this region really is a hockey. Definitely. And, uh, you know, I, I believe Vegas had it this last season. I thought they did a terrific job in their presentation and really trying to, um, you know, have some of the events be different than what we're you know used to in the past. So I thought that was a little bit refreshing uh, to get to the logo and everything. I like how simple it is and it's not overly, how should I say, like hitting you in the face. Um, I do love the color contrast. Um, the only thing that I would probably take out, and I know they're not going to be able to because they're sponsoring it, but that huge Honda logo and the uh, ocean and everything, I don't know. I just maybe maybe make it smaller or put it somewhere else in the logo just because I feel like it. if you take it out, it could bring a little bit more depth to the actual logo itself. Mm. Hey, they got to gotta show their sponsors and put them right in your face and big enough for the eye to catch, you know. It's, it's, it's part of marketing, man. Uh, you know, so it, it certainly isn't Gatorade, that's for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, it was in relation to the Panthers. Is um, Andy Slater did report or did not report anything related? To, and honestly, I never thought that talking about this on Panthers, but the the Panthers starting next season will longer be having sweetness by Jimmy Eat World as their goal, and. It grew up years, and even randomly in the car, just play, putting on Spotify and having that song up. And in the, I play that personally play that song more in the off season than I do in the regular season, more as just like a pump up to the to the regular season. I don't really play it in season. I'm I'm, I'm a little I'm a little sad that it won't be the the song anymore for the Panthers. It got on it to me. I think he caught on for a lot of people. It was almost like a rally cry um, during the season to kind of, you know, have everybody, you know, quote unquote, you know, spinning free. And, uh, you know, it's just a good, you know, momentum builder, as you were saying. Um, to be honest with you, at first, I didn't like it. Um, I, I like Jimmy World and I like the album that that came off of. I just never considered it to be a goal song myself. But as you said, it, it grows on you and, you know, you just start really feeling those vibes. Um, but, Going into the next season, um, I can understand where the organization wants to go, where they probably want to change some things up, change the attitude or change the atmosphere. Probably make it, um, I don't want to say that, you know, um, Sweetness wasn't, you know, uh, pumping up the arena or anything, but they probably want to get the crowd more into it and have more of a presence inside of uh, the FLA Live Arena. Mm -hmm. And I I went on the Twitter page to ask a few uh, people what they, as a goal song, one person said the, the hey song, the dun dun dun, dun hey. Oh, that was a br mm -hmm. underscore underscore scully. That's uh, overused too much in too many sporting events. So I Panthers would have to. I, I think they should come up with something that's like really to them. And one other person uh, said badly answered, but <laughs> if, if every South Florida team is using it, is it really different when it comes to the Panthers? Uh, Muscat score Jacob was the was the username as well i got my song that i to that i would for sweetness and mm -hmm. i think i think a good one is i will not bow by break that i think i think i think when it comes especially if a team is down and you score a song it's like we're not gonna give in we're gonna show our we're gonna we're gonna show our presence 
lists here. And I think it's a good song for long. And of course, when it comes to goal songs, if anyone, as far as everyone singing together, I don't really hear that with sweetness. I just hear more people vibing more than anything. So I think that's another reason to change the song. Nick Fairbanks or suggestion for a new goal song for the Florida Panthers. So I, I have a couple. Um, I didn't know if I was going to come on with just one suggestion, but um, I'll, I'll give I'll give three. Okay. Um, no, my my number one, and I always thought this would be a great goal song, and I'm not sure if any other teams use it, but uh, Enter Sandman by Metallica. I just think either the guitar or you know just how much energy that song brings as it builds up. I think would just make that arena electric. Um, my second one would well. I'm going to give you four. I'm sorry. But uh, two of them are from the band Muse, which I know you and I talked offline uh, how big of fans we are. Um, one of them is Break It To Me off of one of their, off their last album. I just I like the change in guitar, the beat to it, and I think that that would also be another great build-up song. Um, but in thinking of having fans sing along and you know having that vibe energy, um, you have to go with Knights of Sidonia. Um, you know, <laughs> yes. even just the intro and everything and everybody waving their hands and stuff. So I think that would be a great addition. And then finally, I actually got this off of the Charlotte Checkers uh, website because I guess every single player, when they score, they have their own goal song that gets played. And I can't say no to Walk It Like I Talk It by Meagles. Mm. I think that right there would be South Florida. That would be Miami. And I think everybody would just go crazy if that was, uh, you know, think about hearing that three times, 300 times a year. I guess we got to come up with a Spotify playlist of um, of suggestions for songs and just send it to the PR department for the Panthers and just yeah. say, here, here are your put songs. A, put out a Twitter um, poll. Yeah, definitely, for sure. <laughs> so that, once again, never thought we were going to talk about a, a song in relation to the Panthers as far as that, as far as news in relation. But hey, we're also in the offseason, so we, we, there's plenty of things to talk about when it comes to this team. In in segment number two, we're going to talk about more smoke when it comes to the status of Sergey Bobrovsky and uh, Andrew Burnett. We're going to talk about that more in the next segment here on Locked On Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, this year's basketball championship, uh, NHL stand, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA, UFC, and Continue source for all your sports wagering information, including live esports and more. Head to today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to lockedonpodcast.com/survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Nick, I asked this to uh, Jacob the other day, uh, this question to you as well. What would you mm-hmm. do with a $100 Ticketmaster card? Um. Well, uh, now that the 
you know, the country is opening up and we're having a lot more shows and bigger bands are starting to come to arenas or having shows and everything. Uh, it's either I'm buying a ticket to go see Muse in Chicago or I'm going to go see Rammstein in Chicago as well, just because I don't think that there's very many big acts that I want to see that are coming down south. So that's exactly what I would define. Uh after seeing Muse twice, I, I could I could tell you that that is one I, I I don't disagree with you with you with your music selection as far as like where <laughs> of what you want to attend for for sure I I can't question that All right, so back to the hockey and talking about uh, the Panthers. So we've spoken in the last few Rowski more about a possible trade and Elliot Freeman first spoke about. Uh, Work. They were working a trade for Sergey Bobrovsky in the middle of the season last year, but now there's more smoke to it. Um, Nick uh, Kyrgios of Sportsnet uh, reported that the Florida Panthers are to trade Sergey Bobrovsky more. They're pushing even more to do it, even to the point that they'll take um, some cap, some some cap um, from him, even a lot of it. Um, I, I I didn't think that this was the route that Bill Zito was going to go. I thought it was going to be more of the maybe the Patrick Hornquist of the world, maybe the Brandon Montours of the world, um, with, especially with only one year left of tonight's um, ELC. So I was thinking more of the other parts of the of the roster, but the fact that they want to retain fifty of uh, a lot of it, I'm, I'm going to assume I'm going to assume a number. I'm going to assume fifty uh, five um, five million over the next four years. That's still a lot of dead cap on your roster, but it still opens up different things uh, for it to to spread things out around the around around the roster as well. So it's 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 still, in my opinion, going to be a really hard trade to pull off. And if but who who are we to doubt Bill Zito? At? But again, that no movement clause that Sergey Bobrovsky has is going to be very difficult. It will be, and you know, you, you had David to work on earlier this week, which I thought was a fantastic, uh, you know, show that you put on. So great job with that. But I think it was interesting the way that he put it, where, um, you know, you, you don't know how you're going to be able to get a trade like that to work just because of the contract, and how much is left, and then on top of that, he also mentioned that there's other pieces that they could look to move instead because if Bob is not available or not willing to move, or there's no teams out there looking to trade for him, then. You have to look at other avenues. You have to have a plan B and a plan C. So um, you have to start looking around the league and who really needs goaltending help right now. And if it's really their benefit, if they want to take on a contract like that, um, it seems to me that the league um, and goaltenders are getting much younger and they are signed a very team-friendly contract. Um, I mean, we mentioned it in the room that, you know, Gibson from Anaheim is now available and he's on a very – very good team-friendly contract of 6.4, um, but he's going to get a king. Or the Anaheim Ducks are going to get a king's ransom for him wherever he decides to go. But um, usually, when there's multiple rumors about a player, I mean, you could hear it from either you know your the intel down here. But fact that Elliot Friedman said that there was you know groundwork being laid during the season, and then you have Nick Kiprios kind of adding to that, um, putting more smoke um, where you know there could be a possibility trade. It just goes to show you that um, I think Bill Zito is looking to improve this team any way possible, and he's looking at every avenue, which as he should, and that's his job. But you have to start to wonder exactly what his plan is going to be if Bob does end up being traded, because then you just have Spencer Knight, and then who's going to back him up? Who's he going to bring in, or who's he going to sign in order to, I guess, either help 
keep developing uh, Spencer Knight or who's going to come in and take over that number one job and how much are you going to pay them? Um, are you going to pay them the amount of money that you just saved on Bob or are you just going to pay them the league minimum? So there's a lot of factors you have to think about when in regards to trading Bobrovsky if it happens, but also the fallout and what they're going to be able to do with that extra space and who's going to uh, you know, share the net with Spencer Knight. And it's a little bit of a risk too, because you you don't know how Spencer Knight is going to be if assuming that he's going to be the number one starter. But also, we can't assume that at the same time. Who who's going to be the yeah. one to mentor him if they take maybe like two to three million dollars, even four? Um, if that's if if the Florida Panthers take um a Bob salary, and also we got to also think about the term as well. Is it a one-year deal? And then once uh, Spencer Knight is ready to sign his bridge deal, is, is it going to be like two, somewhere to two, two to four million range as well? And I'm looking up the cap tracker right now on spot track. Um, the top five in salary cap space, Anaheim, Buffalo, um, Arizona, Detroit, Chicago, right as of right now. And of course, what do those teams have in common? They're not, at least in the, in the, in the near future. Is is Serbia going to waive that no move clause to not go to winner as well? That's the thing, and I and I'm on the I'm I'm thinking no for that. No, I want to win, and this team is good enough to win. And I'm sure Sergey Bobrovsky believes so. He's going to say, or maybe he'll see it as like a slap in the face, saying, "You guys, you guys want to move me? Fine, I'm out, I'm out of here." I, it, it could, you could see it, we could see it one of so many ways when it comes to this situation with uh, trying to trade Sergei Bobrovsky because David, the, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky was the least of the Panthers' problems, but $10 million enough to steal a series. Even even Igor Sesterkin, the Vesna the Vesna winner, um, getting paid a team-friendly deal um, coming out of his ELC for the New York Rangers, even he wasn't good enough to steal the series enough for the Tampa Bay Light. I mean, there needs to be that with the money at their disposal for the Panthers. And, you know, it, uh-huh, go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I mean, it's something that I had thought about from last offseason, but, you know, there were actually rumors that uh, Detroit was actually possibly interested in taking a part of Bobrovsky's um, salary, but then to offload it again. So maybe Florida can work a way where it's a three-team trade where one of those teams in the bottom five of salary cap takes 25%. Florida takes 25%, and then the other team uh, that's coming in to acquire actually Bobrovsky actually takes the rest of the contract. So, And then think about it this way. He can go to Anaheim, and they'd still save money by trading uh, Josh Gibson and getting Sergey at probably at about a million, million and a half less. So just, to, I, just something outside the box, just because those teams have the cap available. I would do cartwheels and, and so much more if they're able to do the trade. And to keep only two point five, that'd be such a miracle. Because again, like I said mm-hmm. of, in a few, few episodes ago, it's like what Bill Zito is doing off contracts is fixing Dylan's mess. We saw it with Keith Yandel with the buyout, Anton Strowman to the now this with Bob. What do those three have in common? Dale Talon signings. So it's just trying to mix and match and put your own staple in this and. Bill, Bill Zito acquired a mess. He he did. Let's let's not let's not kid ourselves. Now they 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 fell short. He went for the moves that he did and acquired 
Um, now, now he's trying to make some other moves and in a a free agent. Maybe if you're able to to trade Bob away, um, uh, and get something and get quarter, maybe you could find and sign resign a Claude Drew. Maybe you could even Forsberg as well as mm-hmm. we, we could we we could see some, um. Let's talk about Andrew Burnett. Um, the it was reported that phone calls around the league around about the status of Andrew Burnett and Elliot. Talk about what I'm going to actually repeat what Elliot said. It's just Elliot Freeman wondered wondered what is the what is the community room when it comes to the Panthers? Are they informed Andrew Burnett that hey making this calls these calls in relation to it or is he just hearing this media as well and what what is he being told a few days ago i was saying that i already made but after these recordings i i couldn't help the decision i don't think a decision is at all now for that so i was thinking that some of the dominoes would fall cassidy bruce cassidy being hired by the vegas golden knights and now john tortorella by the philadelphia you would think that more dominoes would fall at this by by now, as a, as we're recording this the night after Game One of the Stanley Cup Final. Now, now we gotta wonder what the communication is like between and Andrew Burnett, regardless of whether he's head coach or staying as an assistant. Yeah, and I, I think I don't know if I want to equate it this way, but I, I want to equate probably the communication is kind of like what we've heard as fans. There's not a lot going on. Um, I think that they probably had their end of season, you know, um, talk, you know, how what things that they could have done better or things that they should have done. And I just think that Florida and Zito are just kind of like waiting or biding time right now. I mean, Zito made the decision to get rid of, um, you know, both assistants and Derek McKenzie. And um, I'm sorry, the other one, the one that wanted to be head coach, which oh. is terrible now. Yeah, oh, Samuelson. Um, yeah, oh, Samuelson. Uh, and. I think it was just interesting that we heard about this from a Vancouver beat writer of the athletic that Ulf was a possibility. So nobody in Florida knew, um, which meant that the decision was already made uh, a while ago, but now we haven't heard anything about Burnett. So I have to wonder if they possibly already made the decision and what they're going to do with him. And maybe he's okay with it. And they're just not talking and they're just waiting for uh, the, you know, one of their uh, prospective prospects to come through and actually sign a deal. And and for sure for and and you would think that that would have happened uh, by now. There uh, and it's it's funny because Barry Trotz even rejected a deal uh, reportedly from the Philadelphia Flyers that I I think would have paid them like seven million I think something like that. I saw I'm, I'm like and we see that John Tortorella according to getting four four million. So in line of thinking with um. Trotz turning that down, power he might have had over the roster. That might have been the, the the deciding factor on why he could have said no. Because Philly, the um, they they have a rebuild mentality uh for that. They're, they're Chuck Fletcher, who used to be part of the Panthers organization, um, they 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 don't have that rebuilding mentality. So they they're maybe maybe uh it comes down to power over the roster when it reportedly rejecting. Uh, that offer so uh, 
we <laughs> I, I keep saying we should by a certain point in time, but you know, at the at this at this time at this point, I mean, we could hear anything at this point now. That it's it's interesting that both sides. So you have the Barry Trotz thing, and then you have the Florida Panthers thing, and they're both kind of quiet. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where they're going to go with it, and it's just it, it's interesting to me that number one, Trotz hasn't landed anywhere. Um, so that means that yeah, as you said, maybe he wants more power over the roster, but maybe he understands that he's the big whale in the whole coaching vacancy world right now, and he can settle for whatever he wants for as much as he wants, and. You know, between you and me, I wouldn't want to coach Philadelphia either. I mean, um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I just It was just a team growing up I never really much appreciated. And I, I feel like um, they destroyed goaltenders. I mean, Bobrovsky almost, you know, they traded him at a young age. Um, you know, they're doing it to Carter Hart right now, who I think could be uh, a top five goaltender if he was not on that team. And, you know, just looking at how they built their teams, you know, they're not, if they don't tear it down, then what exactly are they doing? Is it going to be mediocrity all year, you know, every year? Um, And coaching, coaches don't, are not attracted to that. So I think John Tortorella just really wanted to get out of, uh, you know, speaking on ESPN and eating all that chicken parm that uh, John Boutrigras was feeding him every day. So um, just something to watch. As long as Barry Trotz is out there and Florida doesn't have, uh, or haven't hasn't named a coach, or not even saying anything about um, hiring a coach. Um, just keep an eye on that. That's for sure. Um, and <laughs> for and uh, a domino. He is the he is the lot. He is the ultimate domino when it comes to this. If we're if we're being quite honest. So mm-hmm. and once he signs somewhere, regardless of whether it's Florida or not, that's when um, everything else is going to fall into place around the NHL. So we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to talk about this, the Stanley Cup final wrap-up of Game 1 and what to expect over the weekend. So we're going to discuss that more in the next segment here on Locked on Panthers. Third and final segment here for the Panthers podcast is the Fairbanks Friday edition of the show. I got, I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks here. So Stanley Cup final, Game 1, Avs versus Lightning. I don't know a restaurant that said, wipe your feet right before entering, and it was a, a lightning jersey on the floor of a, of a restaurant in Colorado uh, <laughs> with the C on it, so it's a stamp. So I don't know if you saw that on the internet. It was, I thought it was pretty funny. Did you have... I did not, but that's a pretty good way to poke the bear and uh, get a good rivalry going. I mean, you know, when the Panthers played them in 96, I mean, they were infested by rats and... Um, I'm pretty sure it was not a good time for Patrick Law having to wait, you know, 10 minutes after he gives up a goal. So um, I, I honestly think that game one lived up to its expectations. I thought Colorado came out, um, you know, with will, with speed and wanting to make a statement. And then, you know, you have the defending two-time Stanley Cup champ, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, coming in and playing their game, being patient, and then creating, um, you know, scoring opportunities off of turnovers and they're able to tie that game up. Um, but ultimately it was Colorado that was able to, uh, you know, put the puck in the back of the net in overtime off of a, uh, you know, I, I want to say a broken play. Uh, I think Andre Burakovsky Ber- um, got a pass lot there and just put it home. So um, I think this game, this series is going to go far. Uh, I think it's going to go six to seven. Um, and I don't know if Tampa is going to win game two, to be honest with you. I think Colorado's that good. And I think that Tampa's going to have a hard time trying to um, manage uh, the mobile D that Colorado has. Round one, they lost a game, game one in round uh, in the conference final. 
still won those two, so I'm not I'm not gonna count out uh, Andre Vasilevsky and the and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's funny because n- neither of the Norris candidates uh, for Tampa Bay nor uh, necessarily played well. Uh, we saw Nikita Kucherov make a a, a sick move against uh, that mm-hmm. uh, Devontae's and Kale McCarr line to to get to Andre Palat. And it's funny because you mentioned uh, this theme about getting Vasilevsky stuff and just like kind of like a starting pitcher. Um, they came early, and that's really where it's getting to him early. A, a, a few soft goals here and there. But the but the last one was play. Uh, originally, the shot was deflected, and then once Nutuskin uh, uh, um, got it to Borkowski, um, Vasilevsky couldn't recover in time. So that one's not on Vasilevsky. But still, credit to the Colorado Avalanche for protecting Darcy Kemper um, for all shots on goal. Game one of that series kind of reminded me of what the Tampa Bay Lightning did to the Florida Panthers, eliminating their shot attempts on Seleski at the time. And at, we, saw, we saw it. We, when they were down 3-1, you saw that the, the Lightning were able to get two goals within a minute of each other and just... Mm-hmm. It's it's never it's one of them what and credit to the Colorado Avalanche penalty kill as well. Teams in general, uh, Colorado was able to get a goal on a five on three uh, as well. So special teams also made a difference as well. Hey, winning 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 games in the Stanley Cup playoffs do the special rate. Yeah, if you score a power play goal, you give your chance a, a better chance to win, right? I mean, it's it's almost as if you know Florida didn't score. Oh. Yeah. Um, so ho- hopefully, you know, Colorado keeps that up. Uh, I am cheering for them in this series because I do want to see somebody different. And I think that they've been on the cusp of uh, being a champion for the last season or two, but just haven't been able to make the adjustments or get to where they needed to be. But um, we'll see what happens in game two. Let's see if Colorado comes out to, with the same energy and the same uh, vigor that they did in game one. And um, we'll definitely see if Tampa changes their game. I don't think they will, but you know, as Andrew Burnett said uh, in their in his latest article with uh, Pierre LeBron, that ultimately um, Tampa just waits you out, and they're very patient, and they pick their spots, and that they're very deadly when they do that. Um, they don't have to do too much. So um, I'll be very interested to see if they continue that um, going forward. Yeah, you think about some of the players that they contribute late in the game in that in that stretch. You think about Andre Pilat, who's likely the type of payday um, this uh, this off season. Um, at 31 years old, and then mm-hmm. part of the Jonathan Drouin uh, trade with Montreal. Um, it's great games that Mikhail Sergachev from the blue line and traffic right in front of the net to create something Goes as well. It, it, good things happen when you get the puck to the net, and so awareness, his awareness in both those situations to, to, to see that there is traffic in front, he did it to did it against Darcy Kemper, and the fact that um, he's, he's like, I don't know if this is going to go in, but we'll try on on a slap shot here, finds a way in. So, also, also, just great coaching in general by John Cooper as well. Even even in a loss um, for Tampa, they they like you said, like you said when you referred to that article um, by Pierre LeBron of the Athletic, um, they're patient and they choose their three shots on goal. They, they 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 find a way. Mm-hmm. They so. make everything uh, meaningful. Uh, everything they do is meaningful, and 
that's what uh, builds success in an organization. I mean, you can talk about, you know, their success, you know, not only with this whole pup run for the last couple of years, but they've been a steady team, um, whether it's at the NHL pro level or even at the AHL uh, level. I mean, they have a track record of being able to um, uh, build up players and actually, you know, supplement them onto the roster. I mean, recently they've had to trade a lot of them away to keep this cup window open, but I mean, Hey, I, I'm not crying over Carter Verhage. You know, I'm glad he's on this team. Um, but you know, you got to look at other things too. Like as you said, the um, Drew Ann trade for Sergachev. They won that trade hands down. I mean, Drew Ann is a shell of probably what he was supposed to be. And you have Sergachev, who's going to be a very good blue liner on the, uh, you know, on that defense for a long time. Yeah, and Sergachev has one more year on his uh, on his. De- because if he becomes an RFA, um, I I believe I, he uh, third overall, but I forget who who was in front of him in that in that draft. I forget it was maybe the Austin Matthews um Austin Matthews draft if I'm not mistaken. But also with Druen, um, I do applaud him. I do applaud Druen in his um, mission for when it comes to like mental health. He did talk about mental health, and he talked about how it really um. He had to like get back to like who he was as well. Um, and you also, we also, we also talked a little bit about um, uh, and his teammate as well went through his fair share of mental health issues and, and substance abuse in Carey Price just this uh, mm-hmm. uh, last season as well. Um, Druen was actually in the same draft as um, Barkov. Um, Nate, it was after McKinnon and Barkov, so it was yep. that draft. So that thank, Druen. Thank God, Talon made the right choice. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, it was. There's a lot of people saying it was going to be Seth Jones or Jonathan Drew and Thank God it was Barkov. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely, uh, uh, great, great drafting by uh, Allen and company in that four-year uh, crazy. There's so many, there's so many similarities in the in the draft brought on Florida when you think of Landeskog and Huberto in the same draft, um, mm-hmm. and and as well as McKinnon and uh, Barkov. Uh, Rantanen though was in the same draft. Lawson Kraus, and they were a pick apart. But Lawson Kraus is, of course, not part of the organization. Um, so that, that's nope. that's that Dave Bolin contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I I believe I believe Sir Noel was part of the pick. Um, they ended up drafting Sir Noel as as part of that uh trade with Lawson Kraus, and I think uh, uh Sordif was the other one as well. Sordif and Sir Noel on the top of my head. So and Justin Sordiff is killing it in the WHL. So that's an ex- that's another exciting name continuing uh, as as uh, development camp is actually going to be around next month uh, for the Panthers. We'll be having some Panthers hockey come next month, just not on the NHL level. We'll be the of the prospect uh, for the Panthers. Uh, if, if, and if it's in Wesley Chapel, just like last year, maybe maybe your boy might be there. Who knows? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah all right nick uh it was, it was another great fairbanks friday happy to have you here as all uh hopefully by the time you're back said this last week gonna say it again this week we'll be have some news of, of, about the coach uh here for the florida Panthers. in the meantime uh tell everybody where where they can find you online armando thank you again for having me on and yeah i do hope we have some more clarity or some more news or at least you know, if we know Burnett's going to be the guy or if he's going to stay on as assistant. But anyways, uh, everybody uh, that's listening or watching, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Prudentia Zero. 
and you guys can follow my work on pantherparkway.com. So looking forward to talking with you again next Friday, Armando. Thank, thank you as always for coming on. Anytime. And if, you, and if you like what you're hearing the podcast, to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps to your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey Cross-Check NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the postseason next round the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL is like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday, wherever you get podcasts. For Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Locked On for Panthers cast, part of Locked On Network. Where's your team? Every day.